Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. What are we going to talk about today, Joel? I have, uh, I recently reconnected with some people that I hadn't seen in years. Um, I wouldn't really call them friends, but they were just people I had known many years ago. And it was intriguing to me that they are still talking about the same things mm. that they were talking about spiritually 25 years ago. Uh, mm, interesting, yeah. And I don't know how to describe it other than that, but it was like they kind of went back to these same things in this two, three-hour conversation we had. And I thought, huh, I remember them. And I remember it was at the time, I was like, wow, this is really new information to me at the time. Yeah. But it seems like they've kind of rallied the troops around these kind of small spiritual truths. And I, it got me thinking, and I don't want to say they've stopped growing, but I, it got me thinking, what causes people to stop growing spiritually? Uh, and and maybe, I mean, phys- you know, physically, the principle is if you stop, stop growing, something's wrong with your body, like, because yeah. healthy things grow. I mean, a tree, if it's getting what it needs, it's going to grow. A human kid, if it's not reaching certain growth standards, yeah, uh, they're going to go, he, you know, he's in the 70th percentile, we're like, something's wrong. He's not getting enough nutrition. She's not getting enough of this or that. And I started thinking spiritually, I guess, first of all, what would be the markers of growth? But how do you know if somebody has stopped growing? And you... I'm actually working on a book right now based on Second Peter 1. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. And then he says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, goodness knowledge, add to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, perseverance godliness and godliness, mutual affection, mutual affection love. It seems to be like a growth pattern there. Like those need to be all kind of... And it says, If, these are in, for, if you yeah. possess these qualities in increasing measure... They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll be honest, I've met some people that it seems like they get to a certain level in their spiritual walk, and then they're like, that's enough. I know what I need to know about God. Yeah. I'm not going to go beyond here. And they they oftentimes get stuck in a very certainty, and they get more yeah. and more dogged about making sure the world fits into their kind of small perspective. Yeah. And what causes people to get to that place where they stop growing? Well, I... I think there are a lot of reasons. The one you're talking about, though, I think is probably has to do with, with when you get beyond where they probably are, all of a sudden things get a little gray. And right. that's scary. The certainty element. Yeah, yeah. The fact that safety, I feel safe in this. I, I, I feel safe in it because I know this is true. But wait a minute, what about that? And what about this? And what about that passage? And what about this perspective from the, and I'm not talking anti-biblical or unbiblical. I'm talking about even in the Bible. The more you get into it, the more you realize, Oh my gosh, the things I was so sure of before, uh, I'm not sure about that anymore, you know? And mm. maybe that's an aspect of it, and maybe it is true, but maybe it's not the whole truth. And so that can make people scared. It makes you, uh, makes you unsure, you know? Somebody said the other day, most of us don't want new information. We want assurance that the information we currently have mm. is accurate. Yeah, because we feel safe with that. We feel secure with that. We all like... We all like to feel like we're standing on solid ground. Right. And that's the thing when you're, that's the thing with a, with a spirit-filled life, a spirit-directed life too. It'd be so easy to just live by the law. I mean, I, I couldn't do it, but at least I'd know where I'm screwing up, you know? Which, which is what, honestly, which is what I've found is there's certain people that once they've got what they feel is a pretty solid knowledge of the Bible, they, they, uh, they really become unbearable yeah. in many ways. A friend of mine, he's an artist, and he put... He said, if they've got Soli Deo Gloria in their bio, they write the meanest comments. <laughs> uh, 
because it's the idea of like, there's a certain theological level we get to where, and Paul talks about this. He says, much knowledge puffeth up, up as the huh? King James Version yeah. puffs you up, but he says, love builds up. Yeah. And I think that's the shift. There's this transition where we have to go from, I have like, and maybe that's the ultimate sign of your growing. Are you becoming more loving? I mean, actually, I'm convinced well, that's the ultimate it is. sign of. Yeah. Are you? If you look at the end of that sequence in Second Peter, the last two words are Greek versions of the word love, mutual affection. Philadelphia is like brotherly love, and then the last one is agape, which is a, it's the perfect kind of God's love for us. So the movement is toward growth, but if you stop at knowledge. Yeah, uh, or if you stop at self control, which I've seen people get there too, they stop at kind of self discipline. It's like if yeah. I can just get more disciplined, more discipline, more discipline, and there's this element of discipline. But you at some point go like Paul, I'm like really disciplined, but I keep doing what I don't want to do, and I don't do yeah. what I want to do. Like, yeah. what's the problem here? Well, kind of following that process that you mentioned there, and Peter, what Peter talked about, you know, we would say from our Western mentality, add to your faith knowledge, get more knowledge. That, you know, what's a discipleship? We're going to make disciples. What does that mean? They're going to learn the Bible. They're going to memorize Bible verses. It's all knowledge. It's mm-hmm. all knowledge. What does he say? Add to your faith virtue. So unless you've got a foundation of virtue, the knowledge just puffs up. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's mm-hmm. saying, you know, and, but that's not, well, first of all, knowledge is more measurable than virtue. You know, how, and how do I know if I'm loving more this week than I did last week? Well, I don't know, but I can tell you, I have 10 more facts about Jesus that I didn't have last week. <laughs> right. So it's a lot more measurable. Yeah. We, we like measurable, but we also like knowledge. We also think that knowledge equates with spiritual growth and it doesn't at all. In fact, you, you said, what is the measure of spiritual growth? I think it would be, you go to the fruit of the spirit in Galatians. If you're growing, you're becoming more like Jesus, which is you know, the fruit of the spirit is love. You know, there's a debate over whether there's like nine fruits of the spirit or one fruit of the spirit. In context, there's one fruit of the spirit, love. The fruit of the spirit is love. And then it manifests itself in peace and joy and patience and all those. Those are all uh, functions of love. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So if you want to measure, if you're growing more, measure, am I loving more? Uh, And not just measuring, oh, I love my wife more. I love my kids more. Oh, I'm just, no, are you, are you loving your worst enemy more? Yeah, and and are you open to the idea, which is humility, that you may not know something? Yeah. Uh, I've been reading a lot of, very slowly, the works of Gregory of Nyssa, or Nyssa. Uh, he's an Orthodox guy from, I don't remember. What and you don't even was. know how to pronounce where he was from? Nah, I don't know. Anyways, Gregory, <laughs> Nyssa, I would say Nyssa from, because it's got two S's, right? Nobody knows, just pronounce it however. Anyway, and he talks about this idea of epictasis, which is based on Philippians 3.13, where uh, Paul, he basically says... Uh, that I, I, I'm looking forward to what's ahead and putting behind me what's behind me. Uh-huh. And basically he's saying it's this idea of this perpetual ascent. Like the journey of faith is a journey of perpetual ascent. You've never arrived. Right. You're constantly going to be, what's that Paul talks about that? With unveiled face, we are being transformed to his image in ever increasing glory. And he says, uh, he actually says this. I love this quote. He says, sin happens when we refuse to keep growing. When we get yeah, okay. bogged down in, yeah. in this uh, in this idea that I've got what I need to know, immediately oh, yeah, yeah. pride happens. Yeah, yeah. Immediately arrogance happens because when I when you think you've got what you need to know, and I've had people tell me this, like, well, why are you reading that book over there? That's going to mess with their theology. I'm like, maybe my theology needs to be messed with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I think my theology is complete and whole, uh, that's when bad things start to happen. That's yeah. when 
crusades start to happen where it's like, you know, you go and like, well, what we need to do is wipe out this group of people to take over a physical kingdom. You disagree with me. And so I'm here to convince you rather than to see, hmm, what's your perspective on that? Yeah. Maybe I'm the one that's, well, I'm the one that's wrong. And which again, Paul says that we see through a glass darkly. Mm -hmm. Like anything you see right now is going to be hazy, faded, as much as you think you've got clarity on the situation. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe the answer to the question in two ways is, uh, are you becoming more loving is if you're growing and you stop growing when you're convinced that what you've got is the truth? Because, I mean, that's the problem with growth is like in, in anything you learn, anything you learn requires realizing you didn't know something yeah. or were wrong about something. And that's a yeah. very vulnerable position to be in. Yeah. And I think that's another reason, you know, why people don't grow is they, they've lost the humility of it because in order to, well, to learn, to grow in knowledge, for example, you have to, first of all, recognize you may not have the ultimate truth. And of course, in our society, we're taught to question everything except our own experience and our own ultimate truth. Mm. Because my experience is you know, what I think I is right. That. My lived experience is my reality. Exactly. Which, partial truth to that. I mean, it is your reality, but it doesn't mean it's, it's reality. Yeah, it's it like, doesn't mean it's the whole reality. It's your reality, but it's not the reality. And, yeah. and I mean, that's why people go to counseling because yeah. clearly reality is not, their reality is not working for them. Right. They need some sort of objective truth and which is where counseling falls apart when they're like, well, we just got to go with what they think. Or like, no, it's sometimes you have to confront yeah. what they think because you can have a vain imagination as the King James talks about, where we have to cast down these vain imaginations where it's all about you and you're the center of the universe and everything that's happening is because I'm so important and everybody's attacking me. It's like, actually, nobody even cares about you. Like it's a kind of a sobering reality. But when you start realizing nobody is actually thinking about you, (laughs) they're thinking about themselves and wondering what you're thinking about them. You gotta go, Oh, I'm not that important in the big scheme of things. It's actually kind of liberating, but yeah. 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 Well, and, and the idea with humility too, is you have to, it's like, uh, when I, when I wanted to learn, I was six, 18 years old when I decided I was going to learn to play guitar, you know, just out of desperation kind of situation. I had to, first of all, look like an idiot, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and when you're learning anything new, you have to be willing to kind of be embarrassed and fall down and fail and that. And so if we, if we're not willing to be humble, we're not gonna, we're not going to uh, grow. So humility, I think would be one of the things I think, if, you know, it's interesting too a failure to eat, uh, Proverb just made sense to me. This proverb never made sense to me, but twice it's in Proverbs twice where it says the sloth or the sluggard or the lazy man, he will put his hand in the dish, but he's too lazy to even raise it to his mouth to eat. And I thought, what? I I mean, a lazy guy is usually going to raise it to his mouth a lot of times, but I think what it's talking about is like a growth intellectually or growth. Okay. So I'll go to the class or I'll do this or I'll do whatever I'll, you know, but I'm not going to really make the change that's necessary. And you're not going to take the nourishment from it. Right. Yeah. That's funny. I, that proverb made sense to me when I had a four-year-old and she would literally be like, oh. dad, can you feed me? I'm like, no, oh, she's like, the food's right there. Just put it in my mouth. I'm too tired. I'm like, wow, the sluggard. Like that's the <laughs> okay, ultimate well, slugger, right? Yeah. I never saw that. One. Yeah. Okay. My kids that way. Right. Yeah. So, but I'd like your deeper truth to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably something more than that. Uh, you know, that's interesting that you say that uh, Epictetus, he's one of the uh, famous Stoics. He said, if you mm-hmm. want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid with regard to external things. Don't wish to be thought to know anything. And even if you appear to be somebody important to others, distrust yourself. I have the first part of that quote written down at home. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I didn't know it, it, all that. But yeah, yeah. But he says, for it yeah, is difficult to both keep your faculty of choice in a state comfortable 
conformable to nature and at the same time acquire external things. But while you are careful about the one, you must must of necessity neglect the other. Basically, anything you try, you're going to not be good at at the start. Yeah. Even even Tiger Woods, for example, or whoever's the top golfer now, uh-huh. uh, at some point when he first picked up those golf clubs, he was not good. Yeah. He may have had a natural penchant for it, a tendency toward it, but you don't, unless it you develop good, it. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a lot of problems too. This is another thing I've seen a lot of problems is, people is, they have a natural ability in something uh-huh. and they and their natural ability puts them two notches above average Joe. Yeah. And so they ride on that for the rest of their life, but they stopped growing because they got it, it was too easy yeah. early on for them. I've seen musicians that are that way. They're just so talented that just them at mediocre is far superior to anybody else at working hard. They don't have to work. So they ride on it, but at some point, somebody, I, again, I've seen that with two, two musicians I watched specifically. One was a far superior musician, but he just kind of rode on that and yeah. he didn't keep disciplining himself. And then another one, another guy I saw, just he kept pushing himself, pushing himself. And now he is making a living with music and he's he's killing it. But it was, again, it's uh, Francois Rouch, de Rochefoucauld. He says, the art of using moderate ability to advantage often leads to greater results than actual brilliance. And there comes a point where oftentimes somebody with moderate ability will surpass the person who's naturally talented because the person with the that's just been riding on their natural talent they've they've gotten lazy yeah and it's it just comes too easy to them i think mark twain or somebody says you know it's 90 percent perspiration 10 percent inspiration or mm-hmm. yeah it may not have been mark twain i don't know maybe elizabeth eleanor roosevelt who knows <laughs> but anyway yeah it it's putting the effort into it and so I think sometimes people don't grow because of the humility. I don't want to look like a fool, so I'm just going to stay where I am. Sometimes it's the safety. Um, sometimes, you know, too, sometimes it's just crisis mode. Um, I was thinking about this, mm. like uh, the plants. I, I, we planted a pecan tree a couple of years ago, you know, and mom's kind of hoping each year it's going to grow, it's going to grow, it's going to grow. And this year it hasn't grown much. It's oh, yeah, been no so rain. hot. It's yeah. been so dry. It's just in survival mode. And I just hope it survives now, you know. And I think sometimes that can happen in people's lives too. Something happens, maybe self-inflicted, yeah. or maybe you're just going through a real rough time where um, you're just in survival mode. I'm just trying to get through here. And so growing is not even a part of the calculation, the formula. I just got to get through here. Which is interesting. If you think of plants in those seasons, what right. they do is they go deeper. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping is happening with my pecan tree. But it's definitely when those times come, many times they are from the Lord because now is the time for you to put your roots deeper down into the Lord. Yeah. And and if you're doing that, you may not see much fruit. You may not see much growth outward, but you're ready to grow when the time is right. And when you do grow, you're going to have the support structure below you that right. you branch out that you're not going to be blown over by the next wind storm yeah. that comes. That's a really good point. Sometimes we aren't growing. Uh, so how do you know when you're in? How do you know when it's time for that season to be over? Are you going to start growing again naturally? Well, I don't think the tree makes it happen. I don't think you make it happen. I think God knows when it's time. Uh, some guy told me one time, and I thought this was wise. He says, if you'll deepen your foundation, God will broaden your influence. Mm-hmm. But we, in other words, he has to broaden the influence. He makes the tree grow bigger and the leaves and all that stuff. He causes you to be able to reach out and influence more. But your responsibility is to deepen your roots in him. Mm. You know, spend time getting to know the Lord, spend time with him, spend time learning to trust him. And it's through going through those difficult times that you learn to trust him. You know, because as Paul said this, and it's interesting, he said, 
I have learned the secret of being content. And, well, how did you learn that secret? <laughs> he says, and he, in context, he says, I know what it is to be without food. I know what it is to be without clothes. I know what it is to be beaten. I know what it is to be rejected. I also know what it is to have plenty. But he said, it's through those, it's through the experience of it that I learned the mm. secret of being content. And so he, how did he learn it? By not having the stuff he needed, by not having water, by not having the tree learns to go down deeper. Trees are smart enough to do that. People sometimes aren't. Which is interesting. It's the extremes, yeah. which you see in working out too. You push, 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 tear, 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 then back off, let it build, let it build, let it build. Push, 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 tear, tear, tear. But if there's not the extremes. You're talking about building muscle out, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's yeah, what yeah. they say. Muscle confusion Micro. is the way to build strong muscles is like never let your, your muscle know kind of what to expect next because it gets mm -hmm. in this routine. It's like, well, we'll build over here, but we don't have to build over here. So it's this kind of the, the extremes again, which fits right there. It's like I've become content because I've, I've had nothing and I've had a ton and I found in the middle, there's a, a unifying thing that's strengthening me in the middle. That's a really good I've point. I learned a secret, he said it was, of being content, whether I have much or whether I have, and that's And then that's funny because you, we use that scripture where it says, and I can do all things through Christ. We use that for, you see that at the gym all the time. You know, yeah, Christian gym, well, right. I can do all things. I can lift a thousand pounds. But it's in that context where he says, I've had a lot. I've had a little. I can do all things through Christ. And he's talking about being content. Yeah. He's not talking about building muscle. He's not talking about, oh, I can walk on water. I can. He's talking about being content. I can be content here. I can be content here because I've been in both situations and I've learned the Lord is enough. Put your roots down deep in him. That's what he's saying. So I guess the, the bottom line is the Lord is the one who's ultimately, I mean, which is with the parable of the, uh, uh, the uh, sower. No, the, mm -hmm. the one that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who plants the seed and it mm -hmm. grows and it grows and it grows, right? And it's yeah. like the sequence. Only we can limit that growth, I think, by our refusal to accept his work in our life. And we tend to do that with our own arrogance of, of yeah, because he's going to push us forward. And I guess he's going to help you grow one way or another. And you can either resist. It's like what you told me one time. I was like, dad, can you humble yourself or does God have to do it? And you're like, well, you can have it either way, but it's a lot less painful if you humble do it yourself. yourself. Yeah. So yeah. humbling yourself before the fact that I'm not all I could be. There's more to me. I, I want to think I've got it down, pretty nailed down, but I'm going to open myself up to the idea that there may be something I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny, that old saying about maturity. I'm, I'm mature. I've reached there. Well, just remember that the next stage beyond maturity is rottenness. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson. 